This episode of the Cigar Social Podcast is brought to you by Black Star Line Cigars. From the highly rated Warwich to the outstanding Lalibela and Classic El Milagro. These cigars are absolutely incredible and use the absolute best tobacco from Aganorsa Leaf, which is farmed and expertly handcrafted in Esteli, Nicaragua. Visit them at blackstarline.shop and use promo code CIGARSOCIAL15 for 15% off your entire order and receive free shipping on all orders over 100 bucks. Black Star Line Cigars. Cigars are a daily operation. Welcome to the Cigar Social Podcast. This is episode 28. I am your host. My name is Matt. Thank you for joining. My guest today has brought not just a brewery, but a place for our community here in Batavia, Illinois, to come together and meet and make friends. The beer is just a bonus. This amazing establishment and the culture that he created is something that this this area needed desperately, I feel. Uh, This guy has a background in over 40 years in ministries, 32 of those years, founder and executive uh, director of Cultivation Ministries in St. Charles. He has a BA in Christian education and a master of professional studies in pastoral ministry. Now he's the owner and head brewer of my new favorite local brewery here in Batavia, Sturdy Shelter, folks, Frank Mercadante. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks, man. I'm so excited to be here. Welcome to the shed. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, we're going to go into what we're smoking first, and then we're going to dive into the cans. Uh, we have the El Milagro Corojo. This is a stick from our sponsor, Black Starline Cigars. This is the uh, this El Milagro translated the miracle owner eric bay says it was a miracle that someone at the famous el titan de bronze factory actually answered his phone call and got his cigar put into production uh this is a corona 6x46 which is now hand rolled by our good friends and t- tobacco experts at agonorsa leaf in nicaragua the dark chocolate looking corojo wrapper brings a peppery notes of smooth toasty qualities that you'll find in most corojo cigars this also has a double Nicaraguan binder and uh, Nicaraguan fillers. This is a full-bodied cigar, which packs a, a little bit of a punch with, a, with a, they consider a full strength. And if you can't find this at your local brick and mortar, ask for it. Or, like you might have heard in the intro, go to blackstarline.shop. Use promo code CIGARSOCIAL15 for 15% off. Now, let's get today's beer. Uh... We have beer, we have good beer, we have local beer, we have probably some of my new favorite beer. What do we have uh, in front of us real quick, and then we'll dive into each one as we go through. Frank, what do you want to start with? Sure. I brought uh, one of our uh, first beers that we brewed. Uh, was called the, the Kluber IPA, which is a West Coast IPA, and uh, it is uh, named after uh, the person who uh, had kind of rehabbed our building and housed our offices there. Um, very kind of old school West Coast, uh, which I particularly enjoy. And uh, so I brought that. Uh, we could get into the more of the details of it in uh, just a, a moment whenever whenever we get there. And then I brought the, the Francesco, 
which is a uh, Italian pills. You got you to do that with the hands. Yeah, the Francesco. I'm 100% <laughs> Italian. And uh, this beer is named after my father, and that was his birth name. He was born in Sicily and uh, just passed away about, about a year and a half ago. And so I'll tell, relate the story behind the name of this beer. Uh, but it, Italian pills, a lot of people think, oh, Peroni. But this is a very different style than like your kind of macro Italian beers. This is... A, a style that was uh, developed by actually a craft brewery in Italy. And it is really kind of a German pilsner um, that ha that is dry hopped. And we'll get into the details of that. Interesting. Interesting. No, I, can't, I can't wait. I think I might have had those. I might have had them before. When I first got to your brewery, it was like a challenge because I saw the board and I saw the menu and, and uh, Oliver, my new favorite bartender, by the way. And we'll dive into him a little bit. Uh, he was like, what can I get you? I'm like, ah, dude, let's just start from number one, and I'm just going to work my way down the list because it's all good, and I just want to have a little bit of each. He's like, do you want a flight? I'm like, no, I'm going to dive into each one full glass. Uh, I got about halfway and had to come back and, and finish the job. <laughs> so, <laughs> good thing. <laughs> um, so let's, let's, yeah, let's pour up uh, the, the Kluber. All right. Um, and they come in Crowlers, and I, I like the label. The, the logo itself, uh, folks, you will you can go to the Sturdy Shelters website at sturdyshelterbrewing.com or visit them at 10 Shumway Avenue in Batavia, Illinois, and that's at the 60510. Um, good color to that. Is that slightly hazy, too? Yeah, today, this this last version uh, didn't clear up as well as some of our earlier, but it, it should over time. Mm. It's almost amber. Uh, it's getting clearer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is uh, kind of an old school West Coast. So there is, um, there's a little crystal malt in here. Okay. Um, I didn't really, uh, sometimes you forget your, uh, I didn't come over with, a, 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 I'll have to go through uh, just some of the, the ingredients in it. Um, but it is, I, I do think it's probably our best version of it. So when we first started brewing this, you know, as a new brewery, you're, um, you're often uh, just trying to figure out your equipment and like what what kind of efficiencies we're going to get on our malt, you know, what uh, uh, how things, you know, are going to attenuate in terms of, you know, how far that uh, your yeast is going to consume uh, those sugars and produce alcohol. So all those things are a little bit of a mystery right at yeah. the start. So this Kluger started out at 7.8%, uh, which is puts it actually in imperial IPA territory and uh, so so we were like well, we don't want because we wanted to be a flagship uh, beer so we did not want it to be that big and so I have been uh, just reducing the uh, percentage the alcohol percentage uh, as we go I did that by um, increasing the mash temperatures which produced less fermentable sugars uh, gave it a little more residual sweetness and body um, but We've got it down to seven point two percent, which is a I, it's a sweet spot for me. Yeah, it's it's not too light, not too heavy, just right. Yeah, I this is one of my go to beers. Mm. Um, it has uh, Simcoe, uh, it, and it has Centennial, and uh, what is my third in there? I've got a, a third uh, Amarillo. So this is a beer I brewed uh, for Mike Kluber. So Mike, uh, he was a 
so I, I don't know how long you've been in the community, ma'am, but uh, uh, about in 2005, 2006, the building we're in looked like it was ready to be plowed over. Uh, and Mike Kluber uh, from Kluber Architects and Engineers bought the building. Yeah. And they, they took it down to almost three walls. Uh, and then they completely rehabbed it, made a, a building that was uh, built in the 1800s into an Energy Star rated building. And so they housed their offices there for 10 years. And then as they outgrew it, they put it on the market just in time for us to uh, to be able to purchase it's it. It's a perfect spot, too. I mean, I remember when I first walked, I, when you guys were building, I kept peeking into the window because I was just ex- excited. Uh, prime location, just off of Wilson, uh, you know, walking distance to everything. You're right on a river. If you were, you know, riding your bike on the Fox River bike path, you can just kind of pull over, grab a quick beer, and get back on the trail. It's it's primo location, and then walk inside. It's like, I mean, no pun. Like it's it's cathedral like because yeah. it, it is just this big mass open area, um, and it is just a uh, it's very welcoming. Thank you. Yeah, um, that that's a part of our mission. Is uh, you know, I love beer. I've been I was a home brewer for twenty four year or yeah, twenty four years. I did brew professionally in the city um, for a while, um, but I love beer. But um, I think more, even more than beer, we love to bring community to yeah. people, and that was, that's a lot of my background. Is how do you how do you build community? How do you help people feel be- like they belong, like uh, that they're welcomed, and that we're a location uh, and a brewery that uh, is very much all about that. And that's key to who we are. And, and we do, as you mentioned, Oliver earlier. Oliver was <laughs> our, our really our first hire. And, uh, you know, he'll be a partner in the business. And he uh, very much embodied what we were going for. Because he is. Uh, he's, <laughs> like, a, he's a walking smile. He's like a cartoon character. And I love him. Every time I walk in there, he's like, even if there's a line of people, if he sees me walk through the door, he'll like lean over and just wave. Like, hi. Yeah. He's just a great dude. Yeah, he is. He, he is, yeah, we love Oliver. Yeah. Yeah, he just, he embodies what we're, we're about. We have uh, so many other wonderful servers, too, that are uh, just, I think they very much, you know, uh, embody our mission, too. So it is, a, it's, a, it, I think, uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd want to be known, uh, I want to be known for, you know, good beer, for sure. And we really do work at making our beer, uh, we're just, you know, good uh, and, and hopefully, you know, you know, excellent and outstanding, but, uh, the whole piece of, you know, welcoming community, you know, our mission is to build a treasured and genial community, one person, one conversation and one highly crafted beer at a time. Yeah. So that's what we're going for. So, um, we'll dive into the name where it came from and all that, but we're, we're, let's just start from your start. You said you were a home brewer and then you pr- brewed professionally in the city for a little bit. When did you go f- from your previous profession to beer uh, and why? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think a lot of it um, had to do with uh, our desire to, to, to reach out to people. We're hoping, the other, the other piece, we, we want our, our brewery to be a house of accompaniment, you know, kind of accompany people, a refuge. So the name Sturdy Shelter, it actually comes from a, a passage yeah. in the uh, Catholic scriptures, and it's uh, faithful friends are a sturdy shelter. Whoever finds one has a treasure. Is that Sirach 614? Yeah, Sirach, yeah. Uh-huh. 
And, and you know what was crazy, Matt, was uh, we named the brewer. We thought, well, this embodies who we are. You know, mm-hmm. we want to want to be a place where you could bring friends, meet friends, you know, make friends, you know. And and so we went through a whole process with our family members who, you know, the brewery is primarily owned by our family. And uh, all we have six kids. Um, <laughs> that's, wow. a, that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh so we wanted, uh, we, you know, we, we, we went through a process of naming it, and we, we were just, oh, Sturdy Shelter. That's just mm-hmm. the name that we want to have. And this is before we found the building. Uh, but was really crazy. After, uh, right before we opened, my wife went downstairs. We have, you know, now guest bedrooms, but we have, like, five bedrooms for, you know, where our kids were. And one of the bedrooms, one of the guest bedrooms, we call the, the wedding bedroom. And that has all the pictures of all our kids and their wedding, you know, photos and ours too. But my wife had in there our wedding invitation, and they used to kind of put them in, you know, these frames. And someone would always do that uh, back, like we've been married for forty-two years. And uh, so she looked at it, and our wedding invitation began with "Faithful friends are a sturdy shelter. Whoever finds one has a treasure." That was back in nineteen eighty. Yes, 1980, November of wow. 1980. Yeah. It was so like now a, it's like full circle. Exactly, exactly. Um, but we also, so I, I did a lot of, um, uh, in my world, in my youth ministry world prior to this, um, I wrote I wrote four books and I have, you know, wrote small group, group series curriculum wow. uh, for young people. Uh, but a lot of my, like my research at the end, uh, one of my last books was called Engaging a New Generation. And I, I really became a student of, you know, how, like how young people think, you know, how millennials think, how Gen X or Gen Z thinks mm-hmm. and how it differs from Gen X and, and boomers. And, uh, and, and I really, um, I, I wanted to build a place, you know, that would, uh, um, attract young people, you know, that would, you know, and that we would uh, cater to their understandings of life uh, and be a place where they could belong. Uh, quite honestly, I think a lot of young people don't necessarily find the church a welcoming place for many of them, and uh, especially if you're on the margins. And right. so we wanted to, we wanted to be a place where everybody's welcome, everybody belongs, you know, unless you make other people feel like they don't belong right. or they aren't welcome. Um, because, you know, it's just central to who we are. So that's where it really, uh, you know, with, so a lot of the research I did really kind of formed uh, in the writing, um, formed uh, our mission. Yeah, and, and I, can, I can tell just by your location, you have the, the beautiful bar, you have perfect, you know, seating everywhere. Then you have like a little cove with like a couch and stuff. You have a, a cool little bicycle table that carries all your your games and you know cards and people want to sit there and play Yahtzee at the bar they can and then you get the little spaces in the back and upstairs um so that it, it like you said it, it kind of caters to whatever you're in the mood for at that time you want to sit at the bar and, and belly up you can or you can go all the way in the back and play darts it's it's all you know inclusive to everybody yeah and we and we really did that intentionally yeah, we we did want you know because everyone people walk in with different uh, needs you know they they come in with a, a certain disposition I mean we have we have a uh, like a therapy um, uh, center near us and we'll have sometimes well people will come in after therapy 
and they'll come and they'll, we have that one little uh, area right on the river. So you could, we got that, that, the river room, but there's one little corner there where you could sit in comfortable chairs and just look at the river. And we found, you know, people like this is, this is yeah. my post therapy reflection. It's place. a therapeutic beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it, and I love it. I love the fact that they're, they're finding that a peaceful place for them. Uh, and then you have, you know, you could be, like you said, you could be right at the bar or, you know, in mm-hmm. that front area where there's a lot of things going on and a lot of noise, um, living room. So, so, and, and so much of that has to do with my wife's, um, like her, her, uh, involvement in the, in this whole yeah. brewery. I think a lot of people will say that breweries are often started by a bunch of men who love beer and love to brew beer. And then they'll make a little space for you to drink it. <laughs> and so this place does have um, a, uh, uh, a warmness to it, like, like you're uh, coming into a home in many ways. Uh, so, and, and we really wanted to, to capture that. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And speaking of your location, and I'm going to jump around on my notes here, but there's a rumor of uh, an upper deck patio that's going to be built pretty soon that kind of overhangs the Fox uh walkway and brings you kind of over by the river yes we are working on that okay Uh, so we we had in our initial design and we had to actually uh go through a process of getting some changes some variance uh changes in zoning because they allowed a deck uh, but the deck had to be 14 feet from grade well that's exactly where you walk out so there would be no room for any kind of uh, structural support of the deck so we, um, we went through a whole process with the city, and they approved us, allowing us to go 12 and a half feet under, or, or 12 and a half feet from grade. Uh, so we, ha- we were actually hoping to do that with our initial uh, building, uh, a build out. And, but the, um, you know, as we kind of got things, uh, we, we, we got in the middle of post-COVID, big inflation. Yeah. But the other, the other issue too was, um, in, it was an amenity that could only be offered uh, on the top floor, and so we we would need to put ADA. in some type of lift. Yeah. Now I you know like there's so there's a, some legality to that, but my wife for my wife that is a moral issue because <laughs> everyone's welcome. Well, that and, that's you know? that's your culture, right? That right. that's the that's the <laughs> mantra of Sturdy Shelter where everyone's welcome. You can't really do something up there and say, hey, sorry, you can't go up there. Yeah. Um. So right. you're gonna, and it'd be so yeah. it would be the bomb. Yeah. I mean, you know, just we and we have it where it goes really pretty much right to the river. Uh, so we are working on that. As a matter of fact, I have a meeting with the city this coming week uh, to discuss. So we also have the possibility, and we're, we're hoping this goes through, but we have the possibility of putting a, maybe a first floor deck on right, like right beyond the river walk. And if we're able to do that, we may have may be able to allow you know people who have any kind of disability mm. to enjoy riverfront uh, and then then build the second floor deck uh, there are some you know, there's some implications um, you know there's some things that have to be done the retaining wall has collapsed that's the that's another thing you have to worry about is is river water and the erosion so your supports need to be anchored properly yeah I was just talking to my architect about how they have an, a system now that kind of um, it's like a screw in, like right into bedrock that okay. all the way down into. And he says it's just, uh, it, it could work really well. So we're, we're working on that. And we do feel that uh, it's going to be one of the best things that ever happened to the community when it does happen. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I can't, I can't wait for that. That was, that was actually, and it's funny because when I walked in, I'm like, this place has everything. And then when I went upstairs, I'm like, you know what would be great? <laughs> a deck out here to enjoy the river. Um, but yeah, that's either way. That's so. We, we talked about Oliver, Oliver Bully, right? Bully. Yeah, bully. Yeah, yeah he is a bully. Yeah, <laughs> a bully of hospitality. <laughs> yes. General manager, part-time brewer. No, he uh, well, we brought him in because uh, he's very, um, he's capable. You know, he he's a good brewer, uh, uh, but I think he is so like. Sometimes I feel like we're we waste him in the, in yeah. in the brew house. No, he needs to be front of house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, that's like it. I said, he's my my new favorite bartender. He remembers a name, he remembers a face, he greets you. Like I said, with that contagious smile. You even if you're in your bad mood and you're there just to. You know, have a beer and forget about something. He's he'll easily help you get through whatever you're going through. Yeah. Um, how did you cross paths with him? Yeah, um, that's a good question. My uh, my wife had a friend that she uh, she had met through. I think she, they were going through yoga certification, so she met a, a young woman whom she really liked, and uh, that woman. She, well, she told her that my my husband you know, looking at opening a brewery. She goes, oh, my roommate's a brewer. And so she was, Oliver was married, but they had an extra room in the house that she rented. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she connected me to Oliver. And we went out, we had a beer together. We ended up spending three hours together. And I just, uh, I just instantly, you know, liked him. It's hard and not to. It, yeah, it would be a lot of work, I think, <laughs> you know, not to like him. But uh, so... Then I went to the brewery that he was working at, and I was like, watched him, and I was like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's the best guy I have ever seen behind a bar. Uh, and so I thought, um, immediately I thought, this guy embodies what we're all about. And he, like, he gets that. That's the thing. When, when he has the exact same vision that we have in the sense of, you know, make great beer, but have incredible hospitality. Yeah. And help people feel welcomed, wanted, belong, and significant. Because there are a lot there. There are thirsts that are so much deeper than the thirst for beer. Yeah, and it's just it's to be connected. And yeah. and I think we long, especially after COVID, and uh, we all long for connection uh, with one another. And we're hoping to be that place where we're trying to do all kinds of events and you know to draw people in with different interests. The other thing I want to say about Oliver before I forget. I call him OTO, uh, Oliver the Original, and because okay. uh, he is just an original guy. I've never, I've never met anyone quite like him. So I, when I go down there, I'm going to call him OTO. You'll call him OTO. He'll smile okay. because you've, you've been talking to Frank. Uh, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, nick, uh, a nickname giver, um, and uh, he's also, I, he's a prodigy with names. Yeah, you know, um, like I, I, I know how important names are and it's really important to me but uh, sometimes i'm like a blank i, I know i know oh, I'm you i'm awful with names me too i and i hate that about myself yeah and i i uh yeah and but he, i call he's a prodigy when yeah. it comes to remembering names just crazy yeah we had uh when when i first moved into this neighborhood and i'll, I'll let you you've been talking so your yep. cig- cigar went out but when we first moved into this neighborhood, I was telling you before we started recording, we would sit on the front porch and people would walk their dogs by. And like when we got to know the neighbors, 
we actually, my wife and I had a, a running list on our phones. Okay, four doors down, gray house, that's blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they their dog's name is blah, blah, blah. And so then after a while, you, you kind of remembered. And that's mm-hmm. how I have to deal with remembering names because I can't off the whim just, especially once or twice. And I was probably there once. And then the next time Oliver's like, oh, hi, Matt. How the hell did you know? All Isn't right. that crazy? Yeah, yeah it's I just... know it's crazy. There are people that like they were like, like they said they met him in Wheaton when he worked in Wheaton. Yeah, and they they said I walked in, I you know, and this and, and I I went to the that brewery one time, and I come into Sturdy Shelter, and he goes, John, welcome. <laughs> you know what that high? Yeah. <laughs> and the guy was like i i don't know how he remembers me you know so i think it baffles everybody how he does that yeah and he does you know it just seems to be very natural to him yeah i thought about maybe i should take polaroid pictures with people and then i put them on my wall and put their names on it because sometimes i I forget i know like i'm and and i'm a slow processor my mind's slow like that's why i write yeah (laughs) because i could i could formulate thoughts and like I walk away from somebody, so oh my gosh, now I remember that whole conversation. I remember their background, but you know, I probably look like a doe in headlights uh, prior to that. <laughs> uh, Sturdy Shelter, the 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 building, we went over a little bit. Long history behind it. Again, that's Ten Shumway in Batavia. The history of that building, if I remember correctly, goes back to like the mid eighteen hundreds. Um, it was like a, a theater. And it turned into something else. And like you said, then after a while, it went to disarray. And then Kluber came and fixed it all up. Can you dive into a little bit of the history of that? Like, where did, what was that building at one point? Absolutely. Uh, so it began as, a, they say, an opera house. Okay. A music house. And it was one of the gathering places for uh, the community. And uh, so it was that for a while. I think, um, uh it then became uh, there's a, there's a time when they actually used it as a roller rink, which is kind of a fascinating <laughs> part wow. of it. Uh, and then uh, it was for most of its history, it was a theater. It was a, the Liberty Theater, the Capitol Theater. It was the Batavia Theater. Uh, so it, it went through a series of you know different names, um, but it was always what was cool about the building. It was always a place where people gathered in the community. Yeah, and. So we, we were really uh, excited about bringing it back. And uh, I'll get into that just in a little bit. But there's, um, there's one piece of history about the building. So the mayor uh, here is, uh, you know, in Batavia. Good uh, old sweater vest. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, mayor Shelfie. He, um, he's a history buff. He and is. a storyteller. But he insists that when Mark Twain in 1869 came to Batavia, he spoke at our building. Uh, the building itself was, uh, I think, a wood structure at the time, and there was a fire afterwards, and then it was rebuilt with, uh, uh, the, the foundation remained, but they rebuilt it with brick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, does, it has this long history of, uh, of the, the place where the, the community gathers. We did brew a beer uh, called the Huckleberry Sour. Now, it was, we released it on the, kind of the eve of Mark Twain's birthday in November. It was November 30th. And... <laughs> We, we wanted to make a beer that, uh, you know, he, if you read what he said about Batavia, uh, he got, so he got a letter while he was here from his fiancée, who became his wife shortly after, and uh, he called it a dreary town. <laughs> he, 
he was called like the friendless jury town. Wow. Um, you, well, and and so now some people would say that it was he was doing kind of a juxtapositioning, literary juxtaposition where he was saying what a beautiful photograph he got in this dreary town. Mm-hmm. You know, what his love for her in this friendless community. So we're hoping that that to was the contrast. case. <laughs> yeah, got to it. show contrast. We hope that was what was going on. Um, but uh, we, uh, we, you know, if you take it literally, we, we, that's what we call it. He was sour on Batavia, so we call, we brewed the Huckleberry Sour. It was a good, it was a really nice beer. We'll brew it again next, you know, in the fall um to uh to toast him we did toast him um every well we actually toasted batavia mm-hmm. we read the letter everyone booed <laughs> <laughs> and then we toasted to batavia yeah which is a wonderful community it is you know it is it's i mean I, this is like pleasantville this this little town it's a gem um so we met last year uh briefly at the first annual batavia pints by the pond and you you shared a station with our friend Steve Newman from yes. Brother Chimp, and he was on the show. Um, I believe they're doing it again this year. Uh, if so, will you be there, have your own station, and will you be having a special release for that, or maybe? Yeah, I did. we haven't really uh, – we will be there. Absolutely, yeah. we'll be there. We'll have our own – because Steve was gracious. Um, you know, he, he uh, allowed us to do a collaboration brew with him before our equipment was running, before yeah. we were fully able to do so. And uh, it was a very kind and thoughtful gesture uh, from him. And so we were, we were really – and we're happy because he makes great beer there. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a yeah. great brewery. He's so my – he's my uh, – Favorite brewery outside of Batavia. Yeah, he, he's yeah. They they do great work there. Great beer, great community. Steve's a, just a, a wonderful man too. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll we will be there. Um, I haven't yet thought of you know will we do something special for because we do have um, some beers that are named uh, after the community. Mm-hmm. So we brewed a Hellas Lager, which will be always on tap because it's very it's become pretty popular, and we call it the Batavia Lager. Uh, we also brewed early on. I was thought it was going to be like we'll have to do a wit every so often, you know, Belgian wit. And so we thought we would try to be witty yep. and called it the Witavia. <laughs> you know what the funny thing about that, Matt, is I can't tell you how many people live in Batavia and they come up and say, ah, could I have the Watavia? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, and I'll say, where do you guys, where do you live? Batavia. Oh, this is the Witavia. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so, but, you know, we'll probably do something like that. We're also sponsoring the, uh, um, what's it, the uh, Pond, uh, oh gosh, what's the name of the? The Windmill City Fest? No, it's, um, oh boy, I can, how, how can I not remember the name of it? But it's, it's the big, it's the big community gathering. Our beer will be, uh. Batfest? Is it Bat? No. no the Bat, yeah, the Batfest is in October. Yeah. Um, I can't believe I can't remember. It's not something on the pond, I Okay. I remember, right? I'm embarrassed that I don't remember. <laughs> and you also have a, sh- a beer named after Shumway, right? Mm-hmm. You have the, like a Shumway Shum- Sour. Shumway Sour. Yeah. yeah. Shumway Sour is kind of um, based on the collab beer that we be- that we brewed. We changed it up a little bit. Made it, We did a, a mango pineapple and the Shumway Sour, uh, which is the street we are on. And plus the Shumways were a big, important part of the community here. Uh and they actually, their foundry uh, actually manufactured the um, uh, the Academy Award uh, 
statues. Oh. Uh, uh, awards early on. So, uh, yeah, the Shamoy Sour is a pineapple forward with mango accenting uh, the beer. And it was a big, it's a big seller. We'll make it again. We're right now we did a, a peach sour, uh, peach with um, some cinnamon and vanilla. And that is coming out uh, for Mother's Day. And we're just uh, right now it's in, we'll be kegging it probably this week. And then we also coming out this week uh, with Cinco de Mayo. We mm. have our first Mexican pale lager. Uh, so we're we're excited about releasing that. That will happen n- this coming week, also. Okay, a lot of things coming up then. Yeah. Speaking of things that are coming up, I know uh, my wife went there one day <clears throat> to do the yoga at the brewery, and you guys do a trivia with Oliver and, and Bingo. Is there any other uh, events coming up at the brewery? Yeah, we just had uh, last night. We had uh, Pino Farina, uh, and. Uh, he was he was excellent, excellent yeah. musician. So we have a lot of musicians. We got Cheryl uh, um, Rohde, who is astounding. Like uh, first time I heard her, I'm like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> she was she is like, yeah, like between her guitar playing and her voice. I mean, she is she's amazing. Uh, and and so she's coming up. We have for Cinco de Mayo. We have. Um, a uh, a Mexican band like a mariachi? Uh, not we couldn't get mariachi, uh, <laughs> but we I, we found uh, we found a, a band that uh, we're we're very excited about. Cool. Um, so that will be going, and we'll release we'll release the the uh, beer. Freddie, you know, from Fernando's, yep. who's been such an important part of our partnership in the community, is coming in and and doing you know Mexican food. So we're hoping that'll be a big celebration. We have paint your pet coming up again that was a big success we had you don't you don't paint your pets you paint a picture of your pet yes okay yeah. <laughs> I, I can, glad uh, thanks for the clarification yeah, I, our listeners had yet yeah, i just wanted to make sure people knew that that would be i would get a phone call right right so what we what happens is you bring a you send a photograph to this the company that, uh-huh. and they'll then give you a paint by numbers canvas oh and they'll bring they'll they'll send your your pet you could do anything you want. I mean, if you want to do your child, you could do that too. <laughs> but uh, you, they'll 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 send it back with uh, with all your 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 palette, your color palettes, brushes, and you sit and you you have some beer and you paint your pet. And uh, it's sold out. Like they couldn't, yeah, last time. So we're hmm. doing it again in June. Uh, so we're very excited about that. My wife's a big big um, event. You know, she's very much into planning the events, and she's. She's very organized, and then Oliver is really good at then being that front person at the event, uh, that personality. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing euchre. Excuse me. On uh, right now, it's just once a month, but there were there were like over fifty people there last month, like it was a couple of weeks ago, and they had a tournament, and there were like fifty people surrounding the two people that uh, you know the the two groups that were. Uh, playing for the championship, it was a, it was a lot of fun. So, for people who don't know, what uh, what is euchre? I, it, you know, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was hoping you would ask that, Matt, because <laughs> I played it one time years ago. <laughs> but it's a it's a card game that there are a lot of people who just love the game, hmm. and you play with another partner, and uh, I, that's about all I know. <laughs> it's a card game, guys. <laughs> it's a card game. Yeah, uh, well, uh, we have darts up there. Um, yep. We want to do a darts tournament, but we have we we haven't gotten that uh, organized yet. And I'm I'm trying to think of what else. But oh, 
this is this is not yet dated, but we are going to do a salsa, not a salsa dance. So I want to make that clear. But we are going to do a salsa competition where people locally can enter their salsa. Mm. And then we'll have people then who want to buy a ticket to taste all the different salsas. We'll have a um, we're, we're talking about having Freddie from Fernando's be a, you know, one of the judges, but also allow people mm-hmm. to put their votes and we'll do percentages. And, uh, we think that could be a lot of fun. Maybe we can get, uh, <clears throat> our friend Gindo out there for like a spicy salsa competition or even a, like a chili cook-off or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably do that chili to cook-off, uh, when it gets a little colder. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Now we, uh, like I said, I... The bottle of hot sauce there, and we had Gindo on, and actually, um, where you know we've done a, a chili cook-off here during our block party, um, and I even had Gindo go, "Oh wow, that's a little spicy." I'm like, "That's coming from the pepper guy." All right, nice. I did a good job. Everybody <laughs> else was sweating, but he liked it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, do you source your hops locally, or where do you get your hops from? So we get them through um, hop suppliers. Uh, a, a number of them are on the, you know, over in uh, Washington, Yakima. Uh, get some from Crosby. Um, uh, what else? We, we have about three different suppliers that we uh, get. Right now, you know, a lot of bigger breweries have contracts, you know, so they contract for certain hops. It does give them a better price and, and often a better selection. Uh, we do right now spot hops until we kind of figure out what our beers are may going. What may, may I have a little more of this? Oh, over? please. Oh, yes. Um, finish it. Um, I have an empty stomach. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'll be slurring my words at the end of the, the podcast. That's how it usually um. ends. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. There's times where I, yeah. Uh, but uh, I forgot what I was saying, but uh, it must not be too important. yeah yeah this is this is a a, a great uh, probably i mean i've had the the pulped up and you have two different pulps up pulped up um hazies uh this is probably would be my go-to um and i know i've i've had your your i'm starting to see your taps pop up everywhere um windmill grill down there uh in batavia we i i go down there and i see them and Usually it's rotating too. Every time I go down, I'm like, which ones, you know? And I love how, I don't know who designed this. And I think this falls in line with some of my next question. The the taps that you give out when you go to a, a restaurant or whatever, has a, like it's like a little mini chalkboard. Right. So you right. don't have to give them different taps for different beers. They can just write on it as, as the keg changes. Yeah. So I thought that was very unique. But also at the restaurant or at the tap house, at the brewery, you have a giant chalkboard for buy a beer for a friend. And I my name's up there because I bought my buddy Joe a beer, and he still needs to go get it. Come on, Joe. I know. He, he actually, what was it, two or three weeks ago, I called him and said, hey, I'm going down to Sturdy Shelter. You want to come? He's like, hey, I, I got COVID, so I can't. I'm like, all right, cool. So I went down there, and I had Oliver write it on a board, and I took a picture of him. like, feel better, bro. Uh, come get your beer when you can. And he's... I talked to him yesterday. He still didn't get it. So uh, that's awesome, though. Maybe that's I'll get his beer. Great. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> cash in. Yeah, I'll cash in. <laughs> that's awesome. That's kind. Of, hey, that's so. That's so nice to hear, Matt. Because that's. Uh, I mean, that's that's the way we want it to be. You know. You know. And that board is always full. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I, every time I go there, I'm like, wow, there's really no more room. But Oliver starts moving things, you know, Oliver. Um, yeah. I see the crawlers. You brought these giant mm-hmm. cans of crawlers. Um, and you get those at the brewery. Do you, are you intend, do you have growlers and howlers or do you intend to do growlers soon? We're, we're just going to just stick with the crowlers. I yeah. think they're a little, if someone comes in with a, with a growler, we'll fill it. Okay. Yeah. It's not a issue. Um, we just do the crowlers. We, we feel like 32 ounces is probably a little more drinkable, you know, uh, and it's a little, these things we, we CO2 purge them. So we try to, you know, we're able to keep these, I think, pretty fresh. Yeah. Uh, down the road, we will can. Yeah. So it will. Get into production? Yeah, we'll 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 uh, we'll start out with some mobile canning uh, companies. Partner with them. We're still we're figuring all that out. Yeah, I've got a got a really wonderful staff. I have you know I want we we happen to get a couple um, retirees who um, bring some really wonderful skills in. One one of them, uh, you know, very organized, and he was a J.P. Morgan Chase uh, executive director who retired and is working with me in the brew house. And he's extremely meticulous, but very well organized, very efficient. Um, it, like we, we're, we always laugh, like, how did we get you? <laughs> how in this, you know, it, which is, is, is one of the fun things uh, about it is there's so many really cool things that fell into place. Yeah. You know, we, you know, as a person of faith, you know, I was, you know, I wouldn't call it chance, you know, it was very, you know, I would call it providential. Um, just the building itself, uh, how that fell into place. And I'm always, I, I wanted to name the beer uh, that we're drinking right now after Mike Kluber because I felt like he was very instrumental in making this happen. Mm-hmm. I think he had better offers. Um, and I think he wanted this to co- go to the community. We, we t- you know, had a conversation, sent him our mission, and I think it really resonated with him. And I thought that, I think that he felt like this would be a gift to the community. So, I feel like we kind of partnered with him. He made that. We could have never afforded to rehab that building like he That's did. That's beautiful, the way it was done. And that, like, and you even have themed bathrooms? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, that I, was my I, wife. I, it's something that I heard, and I didn't know because every time I go there, I go to the same one. I didn't know that each one has, has its own separate theme. Yes. Yeah, that was my wife. <laughs> so there's the, the inspiration bathroom. Um the, in, there's one with the in, music, right? Like, uh, like that's print. the inspiration yeah. bathroom. Oh, okay. So there's, uh, I don't know if you ever you saw the song "Supper's Ready." On uh, there's this big heart with the lyrics with Peter Gabriel singing. It's actually a photo uh, poster of him singing "Supper's Ready." So "Supper's Ready" was a very, it was a significant song in my life. I I ran across it when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and it just really kind of changed my life. And so that is I, that, that was an inspiration for me. And there's some other things that my wife's inspiration. So it's really eclectic bathroom where you'll see Francis of Assisi, John Lewis, um, I think Freddie Mercury. So there's a lot of a lot of um, interesting people in there. But then right next door to that is the beer bathroom, and that is all about beer. Uh, a lot of fun beer uh, posters uh, in there. And then the next one, I don't know if you've been into the cat bathroom. No. So Oliver has two cats, and we have one Of course cat. he does. Yes. Yes, he does. And so uh, there's the cat bathroom. And I, I remember one of our regulars, Mike, I, I remember watching him. was talking to him at the bar. He would go, I have to go to use the bathroom. So he goes in, and he walks into the cat bathroom. He walks right out. 
goes into another bathroom. And I'm like, what is that? And he said, and, and I said, what? You, you walked in and walked out and went to another bathroom. He said, yeah, I don't like that cat looking at me when I'm peeing. <laughs> <laughs> so there is, there is this one cat over the toilet that's just kind of staring. Creeping at you. Yeah, it's creeping at you. And so there's a lot of fun cat ones. And then we have a, a, the children's. You know, so we have the changing table in there. And it's all about, you know, it's got dinosaurs and fun stuff that, huh. that children would really like. Wow. But, yeah. So I've only been into the inspiration one. Yeah. <laughs> but now I got to explore. You got to expand yourself, wow. man. <laughs> but that, that's, you know, I have to, my, my wife had a lot, like, every, we, we were very meticulous about details. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so just little things like that. And um, I have to, you know, sh- give a shout out to her. Uh, about what an amazing job she did, uh, just in the decoration, and then we have a, our architect, and yeah, you know, our architect Terry Opperman was was amazing. We just super enjoyed working with him, and then our general contractor Sequoia was a lot of people. They they always oh general contractor ours was wonderful. They kept us on budget. They kept us on time. They they were um, superb. Yeah, uh, I mean, just the the architecture itself. And I mean, from the first time I walked in, obviously, like I said, it, it's just wow, uh, just immediately. But if you go upstairs, you can look down into the the brew house, the brew area, and you see all the tanks. And then just the way everything was kind of put into place. I even noticed when I was sitting there, I looked up, you guys even put like acoustic sound deafening uh panels up just so it, it, the sound levels didn't get too loud and, and it, it didn't reverberate as much as it shouldn't where a lot of restaurants don't even think about that but a, a building like that it, it's grand it's massive it's huge um but i can see how architecturally that was engineered to to stop you know the sound being just obnoxiously loud so right. yeah and, then, and a lot of thought <clears throat> Well, I have to I have to confess that uh, Kluber put those in there. Yeah, and uh, so he he had that already there, and and we you know we obviously kept it, especially with uh, the the crowds that uh, are in that place. Uh, so yeah, no, there's a lot of there's a lot of thought, there's a lot of detail. Um, we asked our architect to reuse so so all the glass that's that surrounds the brew house. That what those were surrounding uh, offices, okay. with uh, with Kluber's uh, firm, and we had asked uh, our architect to like, could we let's reuse that glass and put it all around the brew house. And he did a fabulous job yeah. designing it around there, and the the big cedar timber, you know, that uh, is is all over the brewery is kind of that uh, that symbol uh, of the strong, sturdy. You know, place where sturdy shelter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Falls in line. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. Um, our, our, the you don't offer food. I know you have uh, like breadstick, like you know, chips and stuff like that. But our friends at Damo Barbecue are, are there a lot. Actually, we were down at Damo's last night. Um, they operate out of Freddy's Kitchen. Uh, Freddy's usually there. Chuck's Flatbreads. Any upcoming food trucks or, or meal events that our listeners can check out? Sure. Um, well, I know we had yesterday, I think we, we had a, you know, my wife knows all the names. <laughs> um, and I, you know what, I, I can't really, I think we have paired up today, um, which probably by the time people listen to this, they'll be gone. Um, but we, all, we have. You had a cheese 
cheese guy yesterday. Or cheese, yeah. Mac and, not mac and cheese. A grilled cheese guy? Yeah, kind of. But, it, but he also had, like, it wasn't just grilled cheese. He had quite a nice, uh, there, there were, um, he had cheese curds. He had, like, burgers with cheese uh, that were really good. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, I, I thought their food was excellent. And Damo is always great. Yeah. Freddy is great. Bocondito. So, uh, you know, and, and I think uh, we have Riverside, Pal Joey's. So one, one of, a part of our mission is really to um, partner with a lot of these places uh, who do, they do excellent food. Yeah. And uh, we'll do what we do well. And if we could partner and, you know, keep, you know, keep, uh, keep them busy, you know, and keep them, you know, financially healthy. Uh, and besides, I mean, they just do great stuff. So yeah. we're all about that that partnership. With, there's a, there's uh, enough the, locally to to showcase and have a, an active rotation. Um, you know, I know Windmill City. I think even delivers pizza to your place. Oh so, yeah, um, yeah. Windmill Riverside, yeah. Pal Joey's. Uh, yeah, there's. I mean, there we're 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 always cleaning, uh, like throwing out. We we look at all the. Oh, look at this where, where this one came from. And that, and we encourage people order. Uh, we actually have a book that has uh, all these restaurants in it. You you could just ask for that. Uh, we have we we we're hoping to to in the very near f- f- future uh, put together a list of the the you know the beers on a menu that kind of describes them a little better. Yeah. And on the backside, different food options that are locally that could actually deliver right to your table. That's awesome. And this this cigar is pairing very well with this Kluber IPA. This cigar is excellent. Yeah, I'm. Uh, oh, that's Black Star Line for you. Um, there. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna check this out. Yeah, I'm absolutely gonna check this out. I really. It, it's just an excellent cigar. I local so, guy Eric Bay. He's a Southsider. Okay. Um, he was on the show a couple times. A uh, good friend of mine. Um, but yeah, he uh, he's coming out with phenomenal cigars. He's got a couple of new ones coming out. Uh, one that, uh, that he just announced, that Mr. Fahrenheit, which is uh, to showcase, and I think even some proceeds go to uh, Fireman Foundation. I, I, I don't know the details, but it's still in the works, but uh, just a, a great dude altogether and, and great company. I, I'm really enjoying the cigar. So it's funny, man, because I never smoked cigars until probably like three years ago. Um, I have a priest friend who is in from the Bronx. Uh, his name is, uh, he was Father Joseph Espayat. He's a Dominican. And of course, you know, from you know, being from the Dominican Republic, you know, he is very much into cigars. Yeah. And I was into beer. So I would tutor him into beer. So it was funny because he, he was in Rome. This is how we connected. I, uh, so uh, he was in Rome. And so that the, the, the book I had mentioned earlier, Engage in a New Generation, he was coming back to the U.S. and he actually bought the book in Rome, and he was huh. reading it on the plane, and uh, and he he said he read you know he read almost the entire book from Rome back to New York City, and he, he was saying that that the uh, the attendants were so father you know you know what are you know are you, what are you reading because he was like because they'd come up would you like this oh no no. And so he um, he very much enjoyed the book, and I had an opportunity to meet him at a, a national gathering, um, and uh, and so we became really good friends. And we actually did some things. I, I one of the books I wrote was called Positively Dangerous. I wrote it for young people about being positively dangerous in life, being that kind of person mm-hmm. that uh, in a very positive way, 
you know, you could be a danger to people around you. And uh, like, and, like Oliver, like Oliver, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so we, uh, so, so we've done events. You know, he's actually he, he's taken on the theme of that book and the message of that book, and has done things uh, in India. And we we did something together in Buffalo, but it, it's uh, it, it was a uh, a lot of we we did positively dangerous retreats, but we became fast friends. And he was a cigar smoker. And uh, my first cigar was with him, uh, and it was a the triple Maduro. Uh, and he, he was like, uh, um, I uh, he he was like, I, I don't know, this is a big this is a big cigar, you yeah. know. And you're and you're like a rookie. <laughs> And I said, no, I, I like it, you know. Maybe all my taste buds are dead or something, but I, I do enjoy that cigar. It's a, it's big. Well, bold. a lot of people have this misconception where they, they see a Maduro cigar, which means, like, it's, it's, it means dark. It, you know, it's, Maduro is essentially just the color. It's, it's been fermented for a long period of time. It's going to be bold. It's going to be full of flavor. It doesn't necessarily mean all the time that it's going to be a, a super punchy, strong cigar, but people have this misconception, darker the cigar, the stronger it's going to be. Sure. That's not always necessarily the case. Sometimes it is, for yeah. sure. But, yeah. That, I think in that case, it's the uh, – I think that be- that one is <laughs> – they some. I, I've heard someone say it's like, yeah, it's like caffeine. You know, that the um, – what is the uh, – like, Well, a, a, like a dark roast co- coffee is, is actually less caffeinated than a, a light roast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it's yeah. I, so that was my introduction, and so I would smoke those, you know, often. And I do, uh, but but he's he is the person who turned me on to cigars, and quite frankly, um, I I really do enjoy cigars. Yeah, I, uh, especially in the warmer weather. You know, oh yeah, just... it's definitely becoming uh, cigar season around here in the Midwest. I mean, I feel like all winter it's been because I feel like I broke my shovel out once, and yeah. that was because I just wanted to. There, there, we really have not had snow this this past year, which yeah. is really weird. But um, I think my friends down in Oklahoma had more snow than we did here in Chicago. Isn't that crazy? Um, when you're not drinking your own beer, mm-hmm. what are you drinking of, the, the, of somebody else's? Yeah. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I do. I do like a lot of, a lot of different beers. I, I gravitate towards a lot of the, you know, West Coast styles. Yeah. Um, and I do drink a lot of German lagers. Mm-hmm. So the, the kind of the dirty secret with, uh, with brewers is that we do, we drink lagers. We drink a lot of lagers. Um, it, for one, you know, you do, like you're drinking a lot. Like I, I start, like I'll be at the brewery 7 a.m. and I'm walking from tank to tank, you know, I'm you know, not drinking, drinking, but I, you know, I'm. You have to try it. You have, yeah, you got to say, okay, how's this going with its fermentation? So there's a, you, yeah. you, you know, there's certain stages of fermentations and you're looking for certain flavors to come out during that time. You're looking at, you know, pHs, how the, you know, are the pHs, you know, they, they generally drop and you know, okay, this is fermenting. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to be okay here. Um, but you do, because you are, you tend to be d- drinking a lot just as a, result of your work that you tend to gravitate towards lighter beers uh so i do i do enjoy um uh, uh weltenberger's uh dunkel um mm-hmm. it's a german dunkel which i i'm still we just we just made a uh it's called the wilson street dunkel which i'm very proud of i think it came out really well 
Uh, but I always keep shooting after how do I get this this deep, full malt, um, uh, just uh, deep, full flavor, malt flavor that mm-hmm. these Germans produce. Uh, so I'm still, you know, I'm working on it. But I do think the, Wil- the Wilson Street's been, you know, it's, it's got some good ratings, which I was really pleased with. And I, I do like the beer yeah. uh, a lot. But uh, so I do, I, I tend to drink a lot of uh, German lagers. I like uh, some of our local beers, um, uh, West Coast. I, I, I was making hazies back as a home brewer back in... 10 years ago when you couldn't get them commercially here in in the uh, Midwest. And so I went through a whole phase of drinking those. Uh, and I do like them and I appreciate them. I personally don't drink a, it a lot. Um, I know what a good one is. And I know how, you know, I feel like we're, we're, we're really, we're brewing some really good stuff. We keep, we keep improving our processes and dial in our, uh, our recipes so I just we just um, we just kegged, pulped up, which is our our um, hazy series. We just kegged the middleweight, and uh, I think it's the best middleweight we've ever yeah. made. And we changed some processes on it. That okay, we're proud of. Are there um, are there any talks about Oktoberfest beer? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That, my wife and I we we stock up when when at, I mean we're one of those. Oktoberfest nerds, if you would. Um, a lot of people come out with really good Oktoberfest beer. Some of them fall flat, but for the most part, when we see, you know, like a Salamoth or, you know, or even I think Alter does a pretty good one too. I'm not sure. Uh, if, I can't remember. But they, uh, Oktoberfest is our, like, let's stock the basement with a couple cans because when it runs out, it runs out and you can't get it until next year. We have like two cans left downstairs from um off color brewing um but yeah uh, so you have oktoberfest in the in the plans yes for, for this we have year? a date yeah it's the uh i know it's the weekend after labor day is going to be our oktoberfest weekend would that be like a marzen uh we're gonna brew a fest beer which is a little more popular okay. in germany so a fest beer is kind of a, a bigger hellas um the Marsen or Mertzen, wherever, you know, whatever uh, area you're coming from. Um, I brewed a lot of those. Uh, and I used to have an Oktoberfest every year at my house. I'd always brew a, a couple batches of it. Um, but I think we're going to go um, with the kind of a li- what would be a little bit of a lighter uh, than the, the Mertzen. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we're going to go with. We think you could, you know, I, my, I, my experience is for a lot of people, they, uh, they, when they see a, like a darker beer, just as you, you were talking about, Matt, like you, you see these darker Maduro wrappers, you know, oh, it's strong. Well, people do the same thing with beer. Yep. They look at it and think, oh, it's dark. It's going to be heavy. You know, like that Dunkel is a 5% beer. Mm-hmm. There's nothing heavy about it. Well, it's like your, your Irish James. Irish James, when I went down there for St. Patrick's Day and I had that and I'm like, wow, it's dark. And you you almost get this. It's gonna be. It's gonna it's gonna have that like uh, Guinness type of flavor to it when you sip it. You're like that's opposite of of what you thought. Yeah, yeah. looks are deceiving with that one. Yeah, they are phenomenal they, they, beer. Yeah, thank you, thank you. It's named after our friend James from Ireland, <laughs> who was really like 
a lot, yeah, a lot of our beers have stories. That was one of the things, like in my business plan, I, I really I wanted to honor people. Um, so like the Cali IPA, that's named after a, a friend who was, he was the executive vice president of NICOR. And he, I've known him for years, a humble man, but really, you know, just brilliant. Uh, and he would help me with my financials as I was developing the business plan for this. And I, I remember one of the things I said, this, honestly, I, one, one of the, the first book I wrote, Matt, was 400 pages of a manuscript. Wow. And that was a really, really hard task. But opening a brewery was more difficult. <laughs> and I remember saying to him, I said, I said, Bill, this is hard. And he says to me, he goes, well, if it wasn't, everyone would do it. Yep. And I, I, I just, uh, but, but he was so, he was, oh, he'd look over my stuff. He'd give me a lot of wisdom and uh, it didn't help. I mean, it did, didn't hurt that his name was Cali and, you know, like California. And so we, we made a West Coast, the Cali, <laughs> it worked really well. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's quite a, it, it, it's, I, I like the Cali. It's a great West Coast uh, um, option, a little bit of a lighter malt profile than the Kluber, a little bit lighter. It's in the 6%. Um, but so, so we got the Cali, we got the Irish James. James was, was an architect from, you know, he's an architect in Ireland, worked actually with the architecture firm that we had uh, um, hired, but, but then had since moved on. He worked with my wife at the, my wife is a um, uh, director of pastoral ministry at St. Francis High School. Okay. And she's a doctorate too. She's got a, she's got a doctorate in theology. <laughs> so, uh, but um uh, so, so James was, he, he's a just really intelligent, lots of skills. He took all these photographs for us, helped us with kind of like thinking about the architecture and, um, about choosing the building. So I wanted to honor him. Uh, and we brought, he came in, his, 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 uh, partner came in with, uh, with him and, uh, she was looking at the, uh, <laughs> at the board. So, what about that one down there? And you know, and it was a it was a sour. Cause I don't want a sour. <laughs> and and right next to it is Iris James. He's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So that's a. I, and we also um, as we go on, you know, there's a lot of um, I want to be a positive, like you know, be a place of positivity, and um, we'll we'll name beers after you know people that bring they they bring a um a quality mm -hmm. that is worth emulating you know and we'll try to brew the ingredients like the francisco which we're about to yeah we, we should crack that uh, i think so pretty soon here so francisco was named after my father and he was born in sicily as uh francesco uh i i, I can't remember the italian charles but it's north francesco. sicily or south um, in, uh, where is, you know, I don't remember my dad. I don't remember my grandfather, my, my other side, the Truccarici side were from, uh, I think they might've both been from, uh, uh, Sanagra, the Sanagra area. And I'm not exactly sure where that, that lands. I haven't been to Sicily. I've been to Rome in Italy, much of Italy on a, a couple of occasions, but, uh, I've never been to Sicily yet, but my dad was born there. And uh, he passed away in January of uh, 2021, and so in the we were all uh, in, like we were, we were. I was in the process of opening the brewery, and it was a long endeavor. Uh, and then COVID came, 
And so my parents listened to me, you know, about, you know, my dad was a great listener. He was not much of a talker. He was very quiet, actually, but very, he, my dad was described as a very pleasant, easygoing, kind man. And that's, that, that kind of characterized him. He was not a beer drinker, though. Um, his parents, uh, all, both my grandparents made wine at home, but he, you know, so, and he wasn't really, he didn't drink very much at all. Mm-hmm. Not, he didn't even drink wine, but no, definitely not a beer drinker, except occasionally if you go out to dinner, he might have a Miller High Life and not even finish it's it. The champagne of beers. The champagne of beers, exactly. <laughs> so, so my dad had, you know, he had cancer um, that had progressed and, you know, he was starting to decline and uh, he started to stop eating. And at that point, um, I came, they, they live in Cleveland. So my, I'm, I was going to make the trip to be with him in his last days. And my, my mom says to him when I'm about to, to leave, she says, Oh, Frank, you know, my dad's name was Frank. Uh, yeah, yeah, we called him Frank, but Francesco was yep. his, you know, his real name, his birth name. She goes, so Frankie's coming. And he's like, Oh, I'm going to have a beer. And that was, it was like that, like he did not have, he never had a beer. Your nickname was Little Chico? Chicho. Yeah, Chicho. Big Chicho, Little Cheech. (laughs) Yes. That's, yeah, that's what they call uh, Frank um, in Italian. So, so I get there and my dad's in bed at this point. He's really, you know, declining. He hadn't eaten in days and he's laying in bed and he, he was happy to see me and he says, Beer. Beer. So two days before he passed, and the day before he passed, we had this beer together, and it was a it was a craft beer. It was a Pilsner, uh, and uh, I could you know he, I saw his face little grimace a little bit because it was a little bit more stronger than he drank. Um, but I all I interpreted that as my dad's blessing, you know, yeah. the father's blessing on your opening of brewery. And I also saw it as, in my last days, I want to have a beer with my son. I know how important that is. He loves beer. He's opening a brewery. And so I thought, I, I want to make a beer that kind of honors him. Yeah. And so the Francesco, it's, uh, it's, it's brewed with malt that is grown in Italy. It's Ericlea Pilsner malt. Wow. And so we have his, his foundation was born in Italy. We use a hop called Zuppersaz, which is it is it is a hop that's been derived from noble hops from Europe. However, it's an American hop. I love the hop; it's a fabulous hop. And so, but my dad spent most of his years. He served in the you know in the army, uh, you know, in the U.S. and lived most of his life here. And then I wanted to make it be easy drinking, and uh, you know, an Ital- you know, in the style of an Italian pilsner, which we dry hop uh, as a pilsner. Uh, so it's so pleasant, easy drinking, easy going. So it exemplifies his roots and exemplifies his personality. Yeah. So it's a really it's a it's a special beer for me. It's an important beer. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it will be one of our flagships. And uh, I love the beer too. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll we'll dive into that. And I was, just, I I I knew about that story. I heard about that story, and it, it's really funny. Not funny, um, but you and I kind of have uh, that similarity last time i spent time with my pops was drinking beer mm. you know and, and actually oh he's over there holding oh, up a beer and, oh, and the awesome. picture but yeah that so it was like it's one of those uh come to you know 
same mm-hmm. thing when I he's from Palermo. Uh, well, he's not. He was born in the Bronx, but his his grandfather was from Palermo. Oh, that's awesome. So you're Italian. Yes, uh, <laughs> oh, fellow Guinea over here. Yeah, that's awesome. But, <laughs> oh. yeah, but he was that he was that New York Bronx Italian, you know. Yeah. So oh yeah. He, he he was the light of the party. He uh, he 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 would. If he didn't see somebody dancing at a wedding, he no matter how old they are, he'll grab their hand and, and pull them up and start dancing. But uh, yeah, you get a couple of beers in him. And I, the last time we spent time with him, my wife is a therapist, so I saw her grab her phone and hit record and slide it across the table. And so one in the morning, we're sitting there just drinking beer, and uh, you know all the stories came oh. out. So it, it was it was nice to kind of have that 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 last yeah. beer well case of beer with him. That's awesome. So, what was your dad's name? Uh, Bob. Bob. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. That is. That, yeah. That's. That's amazing. When did you? When? When did your father pass? Uh, Father's Day of last oh, year. Oh my. So that's, that's fresh. Yeah, it's fresh. Wow. Um, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's something we have kind of in common. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but let's let's tap into that and toast to you, to to the, the the pops and the old man and. Um, yeah, let's that cigar is the cigar is just outstanding, and and he's got a the Eric has another one which is a blue label which is a, a sun grown Habano. And before you leave here today, I'll give you one of each so you can kind of take them home and. Oh, thank you. Cracking the crawlers. We serve our um, all our like pale pilsner and our Batavia lager on a lucre tap, which is a Czechoslovakian tap. That some it's a side pour, uh, but it allows us to make a, a a nice foamy beer. That and we do we do a very slow process in our carbonation, where um, very you know it's an overnight process, very like tight, you know uh, tight smooth head which I think is, makes a beer very enjoyable. Uh, so those are two, two uh, parts of our process that, uh, or two beers, that, or two, well, 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 two parts of our process, both the lucre tap and then also the way we carbonate it. Uh, we think yeah. it makes our beers a little, little special on the lager side. And you brew everything in-house, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, that was another thing. Um, during COVID, I, I met a guy on another kind of coincidental thing. You know, I was at another brewery and I was telling the guy a little bit about my background. And he says, Oh, you got to meet Brett Braska from Burning Bush. And uh, I said, You know, he said, You guys have a lot in common. So Brett was a, um, he was a pastor uh, and uh, he opened a brewery. And so in the process of opening, I met him and just a wonderful guy, just, uh, just a good guy. And uh, so when COVID occur- happened, um, he asked me if I he had an opening there for brewing, and he and he asked and if I would brew for him, and this gave me a real opportunity to learn how to brew on the larger equipment. And uh, that that year and a half of, of working there allowed me to, um, you know, continue to develop skills, but also learn on the professional side of brewing 
how to do things, which was critical. With the, it, it helped me design my brew house, all the process piping, all the different things I wanted to do, design things where I could do kettle sours, where I could do Hochkurtz mashes, which is a, a German process of um, adding um, different infusions to do these what are called step mashes okay. uh, on a system that doesn't really, like we're a direct fire, it's kind of an indirect fire system. Uh, but but all like that whole year, like that year and a half of working with Brent was so like critical to the process of building our brewery. Um, I learned about you know these are things I liked about the system. These are things that I'd like to you know do different. And uh, uh, so just so just so many different pieces came together that I think uh, that I, I'm I'm really grateful for. Yeah, it's it's yeah pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, no, amazing stuff. Um, and again, uh, your folks check them out at sturdyshelterbrewing.com or go come see them, Tem Shumway at Batavia, uh, 60510. Hey, uh, out of your current menu, and uh, we're going to pour the this, this beer and we're going to toast, but while we do that, out of all of them, what is your favorite child uh, out of all of them? What, what's, what's your go-to? That's funny. I have six kids, Matt, and uh, <laughs> I'm always I, yeah. I'm never. I, I don't have a favorite child. <laughs> My kids, are, yeah. yeah they, don't they, worry, they're they, not yeah. listening. I can guarantee you, not one of them here is here and going to hear oh, this. That's funny. No, <laughs> you know it. You know, I there are particular there are particular styles that I enjoy, um, and so I do. I, I like this Francesco that uh, that yeah. we are drinking now. It's, it, it's it's one of my favorites for sure, along with the Batavia Lager. That's another. I, I love that beer. It's really easy drinking. Um, it's one of those. You know, when you come in, there there are people who like I've. You know, I don't have a lot of experience with craft beer. You know, I've drank a lot of macro beer, and so the Batavia Lager is kind of a beer that they would very much uh, adapt to. Yeah. Um, so those are, are two of my favorites, the Kluber and the Cali, because I love West Coast style. I still kind of got that old school um, uh, with, you know, with me. I like the Watavia a lot. Um, I think it's a great representation of the style. I think it has a lot going on, and we've kind of dialed in some of the processes. You know, it has coriander and uh, orange peel, and uh, just uh, has a nice mouthfeel. Uh, so those are those would be some of my... Um, my fate my go-tos um i think i i really the the um three amigos have you had the three amigos man i have i've, I've gone through your menu i've even had the cream ale okay yes cream which, ales. which i didn't want to because <laughs> that's not my my style but i i you know could definitely <laughs> say i believe i've had everything so far okay yeah yeah, the, the cream ale was a surprise to us. Oh, let's, I, I thought, well, let's let's do a cream ale yeah. later it's here. Oh, it, it's extremely popular. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's crazy. I thought, you know, we'll brew, brew a cream ale, but what we're finding are so many of our beers have become very popular with our with our guests that we've, we um, have continued to brew them, you know, and make, you know, try to keep them on the menu. Uh, I was... You know, I wasn't sure, like the Watavia was the same thing. The Watavia, I, I thought, well, brew a, a whip now, we'll brew a half a Weizen, we'll brew a, um, 
a Dunkel buys in. But the Watavia has been super popular, so we kind of keep it on the menu. Mm-hmm. People look for it. Uh, but th- those would, you know, some of the lighter beers um, do tend, and, and Three Amigos. Three Amigos, as a home brewer, I, that one, all, like, it would win all kinds of competitions. It was, you know, won a lot of gold medals. It was runner-up to best of the show. Mm. It was So it did it did really well in competitions. And we have, we have these, pe- we have people that come in just for Three Amigos. And I feel bad because it's off the menu right now because as the warmer weather comes, it's not necessarily something people will drink because it's over 10% alcohol. It is, if pe- for people who don't know, that the Three Amigos is a chocolate, vanilla, cinnamon, and ancho chili uh, imperial milk stout. Uh, lots wow. of flavors and we we use the base of that beer and we actually um, barrel aged uh, we got two barrels uh, bourbon barrels from uh, four roses and we'll probably release oh, that wow. in February of 2024 uh, so we're, we'll be we're very excited about that I'm gonna brew the three amigos again because they're such kind of there's this dedicated crowd that every time they say where's the three amigos I feel bad <laughs> yeah no absolutely and you know you should uh, reach out to our buddy Nick Nagley from uh, Whiskey Acres. Oh, Get, grab some, awesome. Grab some barrels from there. Yeah, I, I've actually asked him. Uh, so he said he put me on the list. Uh, <laughs> Nick's a great guy. He's uh, I, I, I'm very fond of him. Yeah. And uh, I do. I hope we'll be able to use you know to to utilize one of his barrels in the near future. But yeah, we're he's apparently on the list. He's prepping. I believe he said June or July seventh. I can't remember which one. But he's going to be releasing his seven-year uh, bourbon oh, out. So I nice. told him I might be in Tennessee that time. So keep one on the side for me. But yeah, uh, yeah he he's just a, a great distillery. Thirty minutes from here or so. But here, let's uh, cheers to Dad here. Yeah, thank you, and your and your father too, to Bob and to Frank, Frank Senior. <laughs> oh, that's like a. It's light. It's uh, but it's 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 flavor. It's like a flavor bomb, but you don't expect it because the color on it is like a light amber. It's mm. it's a uh, yes. I, I, I put it in the kind of golden territory. Golden, yes, yeah, yep. in the golden territory. Um, so it has uh, super mm. zaz. You know, is the uh, main. I've got some pearly in there, and uh, with sa- um, Saffir select um, is the uh, um, the finishing the. With the it's got a nice finish to it. Yeah, it's an it's. I didn't like a lot of people with Italian pilsners that go a little strong on real hoppy, and I'm not a big fan of really hoppy um, lagers. Uh, I like hoppy uh, uh, in ales because ales will um, uh, they will uh, they kind of express themselves very differently. They're not, they're, they're fruity. There's a a multitude of kind of flavors because of of the, the warmer fermentation temperatures. There's esters, sometimes phenols. It it just depends on the, on the, uh, Hmm. the yeast you're using. But, uh, you know, I like, I don't like, I just, I wanted it to be easy drinking pleasant because that just exemplified who my father was. Easy, easy guy. Speaking of, uh, speaking of Italian descent, mm-hmm. there's a little fun question here. What is your favorite mob movie? <laughs> Godfather, Casino, or Goodfellas? That's like, uh, you know, I, I remember seeing The Godfather as a young, young kid. So there was this, uh, there's, that was my first 
like a you know mafia movie. Uh, so I'd I'd have to go with the Godfather yeah. one. Um, there's some scenes in there that I find <laughs> you know pretty fascinating. They um, all have some pretty fascinating scenes, but yeah. Yeah. What about you? I'd have to agree. I have to agree. I I, uh, I mean, Casino was a little out there. Uh, I haven't seen Casino. Oh no. No. Yeah. I but... do like mafia movies though. <laughs> I'll have to catch that now. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's funny. It's uh, it's just, it's funny to 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 watch. Not funny, but when you watch those, you realize that actually wasn't far from the truth back then. That that was actually something common. So it's uh, interesting to to watch those movies and go, oh wow, and then have that realization of, oh yeah, that that was how it was. Um, but yeah. you know, I um. I watched The Sopranos. I went through all the seasons after it was, you know, after it was done. Um, and uh, I watched it primarily, not because of the mafia side of things. It was more of the Italian culture mm-hmm. because it was so, like, I'd hear, you know, Tony talk about, the, I got the agita. You know, I heard that growing up, you know, the go yep. go which is, uh, I actually, one of my, my granddaughters, I uh, gave her the nickname, the Gubba go <laughs> Well, I, I'm originally from Jersey, so that oh. that show, I mean, that was taped at the, I mean, the strip club was right next to the party city where I used to get my Halloween costumes. Oh my like, it was, uh, that, that show was in my backyard, essentially. And coming up, my next episode, I'll have uh, John Huber from Crown Heads, and his cigar company, actually, uh, or when he was with CAO, uh, they supplied all the cigars for that show. Wow. So that, yeah, that'd be an interesting that's, talk. So, wow, I can't wait to find out how he that, got into that. That's fascinating. Yeah, I, I, you know, like we, I grew up a, in a, you know, hundred percent Italian household. So all, all the cultural, the, the having the meals together mm-hmm. and just the characters. I mean, I saw these like every Saturday morning. They, you know, people would start coming over to our our house, and my mom was, you know, excellent cook, and she would, you know, like she. You know, she was that person who was, oh, I got nothing in the house. And then there's like a feast sitting at your at the table, you know, in a few minutes. Uh, yep. So, all yeah, all of that stuff was very, um, uh, just very relatable as growing up as an yep. Italian. And, and for me, like, it's weird because Pops was the, the cook. Mm-hmm. My, my, you know, and so when we'd have Sunday dinners and birthday parties and all that, like, we'd have a house full of people. And he'd have trays of stuffed shells and manicotti and and just lasagna and just yeah yeah no I those those uh, the, and and really to you know I think sturdy shelter in many ways embodies some of that Italian hospitality mm-hmm. it was uh, it, everyone was always welcome and it was all it was uh, uh, like come into our house you know yeah. are you hungry. No, no, of course you are hungry. No, I had, I had three. No, that's an insult. You have to have four, you know, four helpings, <laughs> you know, you know, the Italian culture yeah, yeah. like that, but that's, uh, we try not to do that with beer because <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, that could get us in some big trouble, yeah. uh, but it, it takes, is, take some to go. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be hungry later. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Itali- the Italian heritage is important. Like, like it's deep in my roots, and I do believe it expresses itself through um, the mission of Sturdy Shelter too. Yeah, yeah. not a, I like how that kind of segues into each other, and and you know, like I said, if if 
there's some one thing Batavia was missing, Sturdy Shelter was it. Mm-hmm. And you. and it's it's finally here. I mean, I know Energy City's a couple blocks away. At one point, they were open, what, 12, for like 12 minutes a week, you know, like just so you could for pickup only. And now they have the tap room open, but what you have going on downtown is uh, something that, like I said, we we've been missing and uh so thank you for for doing that for the community you know that that a couple things one i, I want to energy city is a production more of a production brewery now they have they have opened a tap room which you know that, that in, in recent uh recently what they do they do amazingly well and they do a lot of like funky sours oh, and they're crazy they're, yeah and they and like that I, i'm often like wow you know so they do they do some great stuff um but but batavia at at the time was missing a a taproom focused brewery and so we we felt like we always felt like batavia is the place and there's there's something unique about batavia when we opened i can't tell you how many times in the first couple months that batavians would come up to us and say thank you so much for opening this here I, I was blown away there was one evening my wife was cleaning up the back this was probably like our opening weekend and there was a young couple they were in the river room and they were staring out looking at the river and they and the the, the, the woman said uh, what i don't know if it was her husband but she said wow could you believe this this is ours yeah this is ours and I, I was so, like, we were so touched by that. Like, that, yeah, this is ours, and we're happy to bring this to you and um, be community together, and we're going to build that deck, and we're going to, you know, there's going to be nothing like it, I think, in the, in the area that will hang, you know, be right on the upper level of that uh, uh, and, and lower. I hope, hopefully we can do both. Yeah. Um, but we want to, like, this is a community that I mean, you got Geneva, you got St. Charles. Well, that's what and... I was going to say is Batavia's always been kind of competing because Geneva Third Street. I mean, you know, you, you can go there for just about anything. Yes, uh, and and St. Charles is built up too. So Batavia's always, but in a good way. We, we've kind of stayed quiet, and but we have been missing. We have uh, you know Sidecar Supper Club. We have Bar Evolution. We have Windmill Grill. Like we have some of those establishments but as far as a brewery and i believe we're going to be getting a winery pretty soon too the geneva winery is going to be doing a second location where old uh kitty academy or whatever it was and so yeah i think we're and we're we're getting a distillery and a really and another brewery that is cool that's coming in uh uh, so um grainology uh, so I do, I, I believe, especially the kind of that sector that we're in is kind of ca- called the foundry, uh, um, uh, quadrant. I think it's going to be the next best thing in Batavia. And I, and so I am, I'm really hoping to be a part of developing that area into a vibrant, you know, area that uh, many people will come to. Uh, and so I do, I, I'm excited about where we're at, like that area of Batavia. I mean, we're, we're, we're on the, uh, you know, the west, the southwest. West side. Yeah, kind of that west southwest. West side is the best side. <laughs> Sorry, Eastsiders. <laughs> I won't comment on that. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, so so I, I'm I'm excited about the future of Batavia, and uh, I I do I think you know the, I think this, there's just some new energy in the city. You got the comedy club. Yep. You know um, that is uh, I think you know bringing in a lot of a lot of people from all over. So I, uh, I I'm I, I'm very excited about the future and in our quadrant I'm, I'm hoping to be a part of helping that build up where it draws people not only from our community because i think batavians have been longing to be able to stay in this in their town yeah and uh, but i also think we have the power to um to bring people from all over and, and th- that's uh there, there's a uniqueness about this town of the tri-cities yep. batavia is very family kind of family oriented very there's a there's a humility about Batavia too. There's a there's not they they, they lack any kind of pretentiousness. Well, we're um, a dreary a, a dreary town, and you know, like, <laughs> as Mark Twain called it. Yeah, but that's not true. This is <laughs> uh, there are so many like uh, there, this is a proud town. Yeah, this is a town that people love to live in, uh, and uh, I I love that. I've met I've met people who their spouses came from different areas, but that there was the spouse that grew up in Batavia that insisted. That we will live in Batavia, yeah, which I, I love, and I, I am so like I'm just thrilled in my I, our, I think our, our whole brewery we're all thrilled to be a part of this community, yeah, and we're gonna do everything we can to enhance it, to partner, to you know the you know just work together. To, I, was, to I mean, I told my wife when I met my my wife, we were on we were East Siders, and we were in an apartment, and I went for a run around the river. And uh, like the first time, I was like, "Babe, they're they're waving at me. Like people are just saying hi, hello, and they're using all five fingers too. They're not using just one. I mean, I'm from Jersey. You're used to just one finger. Oh yeah. So, uh, it, it's a completely different environment from when I grew up. Uh, but yeah, you're right. The, the people who are here are proud to be here. And uh, like I said, thank you for for setting that up and. Again, I'll say it one more time, 10 Shumway Ave, Batavia, 60510, that's in Batavia, uh, sturdysheltebrewing.com. Uh, and, and while you're there, be sure to tell Oliver I said hi, and uh, maybe buy me a beer, put my name on the board. That'd be awesome. That'd be I'll awesome. keep looking. <laughs> um, Frank, thanks for taking the time. I, I know you're busy, and... Uh, and uh, not, you got a lot going on. Never too busy to spend time yeah. talking with you, I... That's what we're about. Uh, Friends of the Leaf, don't forget to check out our official sponsor, Black Starline Cigars, at blackstarline.shop. Use promo code CIGARSOCIAL15 for 15% off your entire order and free shipping all over uh, orders over 100 bucks. Next episode, like I mentioned, we'll have the owner and founder of Crownhead Cigars, John Huber. Can't wait for that one. I'll be smoking the Tennessee Waltz, which is a hard-to-find cigar. I actually had a buddy from Colorado send it to me yesterday. Uh, we'll be pa- I'll be pairing it with a dark roast coffee. Um, thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time here at the Cigar Social Podcast. Uh, take care, everybody, and and stay safe out there. <laughs>